0: And so I think there's a aspect of being a mentee, so the person that needs the information, finding somebody that's already doing the thing that they're doing. And and so, and like I said, in one of the examples, one of my mentees, and actually a lot of them were, very curious. So it's sort of that, you know, soak up information, but not just ask a bunch of questions, also take the feedback and make
1: changes. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, and wherever you're tuning from, welcome to another edition of Tech Niche Tips. I'm your host, Joseph M. Smith, and like always, I have another one for you, and this one is going to be a great one. We have none other than Kirk Taylor here. Uh, this is a person that has a wealth of experience within the tech industry, and he is here to basically bring that value bring the conversation and talk about the amazing things he has done but not only talk about the amazing things he has done but also talk about learnful now if you're not aware of learnful we're going to dive into that a bit later i don't want to t- i don't want to steal his thunder so <laughs> we're going to dive into that a little bit later and we're going to talk about that but kirk i just want to say thank you for coming on the show and no thank problem. you for giving of your time i really appreciate it no problem thanks for having me joseph Awesome. And so the first thing is I want to talk about the fact that you started in HR, right? You Mm -hmm. started in human resources. And currently, what is your position, if you don't mind talking about what position you hold within the tech industry?
0: Sure. My title is called Solution Advisor at this company, but in reality, it's just pre-sales. And I say just that because oftentimes these titles are different at different companies. So pre-sales, I think, is the, the common ground.
1: That's perfect. That's perfect. And so, I have people that watch this channel. My audience is basically a lot of people that are on the fringe. You're like, oh, tech seems cool, but there were layoffs yeah. back then. Now the September mm-hmm. surge. Like, mm-hmm. I want to figure out if this is a place for me. So this is right. a great opportunity to kind of talk about where you started from in HR and how yeah. you were able to transition into pre-sales.
0: Sure. Sounds good. Um, human resources was something I took in college. And coming straight out of college, it made sense, you know, back in the early 90s. And but I was also a nerd. So I always had a bit of a computer side to me, even though I was kind of part of the HR team. And so it took a little while, you know, I had an HR position at one company, and then I went to another company. And that company gave me a chance to do a couple of different things. And while I was there from tech support to development to implementation of their products, I got a lot of knowledge. So I think the combination of knowledge computer savviness and also people like I like people I'm kind of a people person Um, I found that common blend inside of pre-sales and so a couple friends around me said hey you're pretty good with people but I'm like no I don't want to be in sales and then I found out you could be a nerd that talks to people so I'm like that's what pre-sales is and that that fit me perfectly so I made that transition (laughs) uh, probably seven years into my career
1: and then I look back after that (laughs) No, no worries. I love that because uh, one of the things that I think is great, if you are a people person, if you find yourself energetic or enthusiastic, even like sales is a great place to be because then you're able to use your personality, able to connect with people in such a way. But you're like a type of person that I would kind of say is a mixture of like almost an S and a C, if you ever did the DISC assessment yeah. um, and, and uh, cause I'm, a, I'm an S and the C too. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. we have that calculative nature of us, that yes. nerdy side. Yes. And then we had that, that people person, like okay. really sensitive to like people's needs and things like that. Yeah. It's a great combination for a sales engineer. Yeah. So how, how was that transition from, from the you went to pre-sales, you did sales. Now How did you transition into being a sales engineer?
0: So I think it really has to go with seeing somebody else do it. Because quite frankly, I did not know this role existed, right? It's not like I went to school for it. Like I said, I went went to school for HR. But if I quickly tell you my story, I remember being on the support desk at this company, helping customers through the phone all the time, having good customer service. I feel, you know, customers like talking to me. And I had um, a really challenging customer. Uh, actually a big name customer. I'll just, I don't even know if I'm the name, the name, but it's the company that runs um, the Leafs and the Raptors. And so just picture like, you know, all the events that they do there. It's a pretty, pretty big name company here in Toronto. And so they needed uh, extra support. So I went on site and while I was on site, they had somebody that was essentially a pre-sales person. And him and I had conversations and I came up with a solution. He goes, come on site with me. I'm like, so this is what you do. You, you come on site and you see customers and you just kind of help them. I'm like, this is pretty cool. So because I saw somebody doing that and I realized I could kind of get out the office, I can help people in person. Um, I didn't go to it right away, but that was the thing. That was the impetus to the transition. And then, and then really it was just about hanging out with more salespeople and eventually kind of going, yeah, let me try it out. And once an opening happened in the company. Um, I was there, like I said, almost seven years when I, by the time I finally took the pre-sales job.
1: Hey family, it's Joseph here again. Now you have heard me talk about how tech sales has changed my life. I actually want to introduce you to another career that if you decide to go into it, truly is recession proof. And that is cybersecurity. Level Careers is a platform similar to Course Careers that is self-paced and allows you to obtain knowledge and education in cybersecurity. And get this, without prior experience, or a degree. That's right. And so you definitely want to get into that. And if you are interested in learning more about cybersecurity, go ahead and click the link below. It's in my description and use my promo code, Joseph10. That's right. Use my promo code, Joseph10, in order to save 10% off of the purchase price of that course. So without further ado, I'm not going to delay you. Go click on the link, check out the free introductory courses and change your life today. No, but it, it, it's funny because I'm looking at your story and the first sales engineer I interviewed or one of the first sales engineers I, I interviewed, he was able to land his job at a barbecue. His name was Ramsey. Uh, he actually is from Canada as well. So I thought that was very, pretty cool. Uh, yeah. he, he landed his job at a barbecue. He landed through networking. And wow. It sounds like that was the way you did it for yourself, right. not necessarily the barbecue part, yeah. A little less yummy, uh, little more, less <laughs> more more, people oriented and having yeah. conversations, yeah.
0: Networking is the key for sure. And in fact, I did do a stint in sales, and ironically, you said the name of, of the person you were talking to was Rammy or sorry, okay. Uh, Ramsey, yeah. Ramsey, well, this person's name is similar, I'm gonna put his name out there, but sounding similar, I'm like it's the same guy, anyway. So he uh was my salesperson and the person that i wanted the sales people i worked with and he's like why don't you just get into sales like you you really know how to build this product so after a while of doing pre-sales for a while i go let me take the pre out of it and just be sales right like let me take on the the bag as they call it the quota boy was that some pressure because it was like where's your forecast like where's your next deal and you know, I did well, I actually did make my number and I went to president's club. And, you know, so people were like, yeah, you, you're pretty good at this, but it wasn't my heart. My heart was always in helping people with the solution, not Mm -hmm. always like getting the contract and, you know, all of that. So, um, I decided to leave that company, went to another company, much bigger company and learned the pre-sales as a real profession. Up till then, I kind of just kind of did what I knew versus when I went to this other company that had a whole program around it and all the books and like like really strong training. So then I, I really, really realized that this is my profession now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a salesperson. I'm a free salesperson um, And I'm true and true. Like this is what I'll do for any company. Uh, so that's why I don't have to name companies. I just love what I do.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that the reason why it is because sometimes you could see somebody do something. And obviously we we all are people of of that we like to emulate things that we see them we like.
0: Yeah. But I like
1: that the fact that you kind of found your place and yeah. you didn't necessarily like settle like, okay, this is what it is because it's the money or whatever the case right. may be. You did this because, hey, this is a best fit for me. Fit. the money will come. Uh, this, is Absolutely. The best. this is what i enjoy this is the best fit for me um, and so that i, I could be the most effective here and i think that's something good for people to hear audience members if you're yeah. listening to this if you're driving and you listening to the podcast version or if you're watching this on youtube definitely definitely to keep in mind that if you hear of a position because somebody suggested it whether it's through a tech boot camp or whatever the case may be you don't mm-hmm. have to settle there find your place in tech there's so many positions some oh, people yes. might be Better in UI UX. Some people might be better as in IT. Some might be better in cybersecurity. So uh, some pen tester, whatever the case may be. Find your place because once you find that place, you will thrive there. You'll shine there, and you become invaluable. Uh, in my so opinion. True. So. so true. Yeah, you want to add anything to that? Definitely do. I, so.
0: I, I agree with that, and I think finding your place takes some time. It takes a little bit of what would seem like wandering, or you know, trying stuff out. So not being scared to try stuff out. But when you have people in your corner, I think that's a really big factor. We talk about networking, Mm. but that's not just knowing a bunch of people is having some good relationships. So I've found that I had some, you know, when these were back when we were in the office regularly, right? Remember those days? So, (laughs) you know, you go for lunch with people and you hang out. And I clearly can remember two guys that I would go to the gym with at lunchtime and we'd hang out afterwards. And over time, they're the ones that were like, we see this in you. Right, mm. So sometimes somebody sees something in you that you don't see for yourself just yet. And if you don't just go, nah, and, you know, kind of brush them off, you kind of take it in, right. And maybe take it in and kind of take, take a step. It was scary. I'll admit like, it sounded like, Oh, I just did this. I did this. No, there was some, there was some trepidation there. There was some, I'm not sure. And, you know, eventually I got there and I think it's because of keep hanging out with those people. So we kind of know that you will become, um you know the what is it like the average of the five people around you you know you kind of look at your income and all that stuff and i think i'll have to admit i did hear them say as salespeople, you can make six figures in sales i'm like yeah well i only had two kids at the time but by the time i got to four because i got two boys two girls that's what pushed me over i go i gotta start to make some more money (laughs) and that was like the the switch over that finally made it go okay it's time to it's time to make a move so You kind of have to get over your affairs, hang out with some good people and kind of stretch yourself. And then, you know, you'd be surprised what you can do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just so I could clarify, you said make the move. What do you mean saying making the move into sales or making the move into pre-sales? Into
0: into pre-sales. So because Uh, pre-sales is a part of the sales world, all those salespeople knew about the pre-sales person. I didn't know that. I thought they were trying to say, come into sales, which they were. They're like, just get into this sales world, right? Not knowing that there was a place literally for somebody like me that's not necessarily a salesperson, but the pre-salesperson. And the, what's so special about it is like like I described, there's a nerdiness factor to it, I guess. And I don't think of that as negative, by the way. I think it was positive. Is yeah. your ability to kind of take information in and present solutions where salespeople are good at presenting solutions. But there's sort of a, a factor of like hand on a keyboard and time with a computer that most salespeople tend to be really big picture. There's a lot of detail that needs to go into your presentation to have answers. So yeah. I found that that I was able to bring both together. I'm not scared to talk to people, but honestly, I wouldn't want to have to pick up the phone and dial like a lot and do a lot of cold calling and all that prospecting part. Uh, but I admit that like, the in front of a customer, you know, for a presentation or smoozing at lunch, you know, that's the sales world where you kind of have a little more client uh contact versus uh staying in the office and you know and having internal contact so I think you do have to figure out yourself what what really works but sometimes you don't know until you try.
1: Yeah you don't you don't know until you try and things have changed a lot. You talked about some things like taking clients out, all these different things. Like obviously we came back from COVID. We're kind of yeah. a little bit away from that but yeah. things have changed. Yes, uh, I yeah. remember that And you could correct me if I'm wrong, being a sales engineer back in the day, you're going to events, you know, you're, you're like speaking in front of audiences and all these different things. Can you talk about the difference between being a sales engineer pre-pandemic and (laughs) post-pandemic, the differences?
0: Yeah. Without trying to shed a tear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, we all went through it, right? It wasn't fun, but the pre-pandemic life and, you know, I was at different companies, um, the the different companies that I'm right now um yeah there was a lot of events so there was a lot of you know sporting events concerts you know uh the things that you would just kind of go this is a lot of fun uh you know conferences and so yeah a lot of that was happening pre-pandemic you know a lot of travel um i racked up all kinds of statuses on the airlines and the hotels they just kind of get to know you because you're on a plane a lot uh so you got to see a lot of places see a lot of people um and that was pre-pandemic and of course as the pandemic hit and we had to go through it and we're still out of it, but we're still having to do the remnants of it. Like my, my office here looks like a little studio. I got lights here, got cameras, I got a microphone, as you can see. So I had to just level up always my uh, virtual presence. And Mm -hmm. so it made me um, kind of transition and anybody that's in this, um, not just pre-sales, salespeople, as well as our customers. So I think that's the key here. What was interesting pre-pandemic, we always had this equipment like, you know, video conferencing wasn't new, uh, but it was not preferred. The customer didn't mm. want it. We didn't want it. So it was like only do it if, you know, you, you, you know, your schedule wouldn't allow. Right. It was almost like second choice. Yeah. Um, so it was like, get on site if you can. Now it's the other way around. <laughs> get on site <laughs> is like, you know, be nice to, but not, they don't want to necessarily. The yeah. schedule's too tight. Like everybody's been kind of scheduled so tightly now. That I find that when, you know, you don't have that in-person kind of connection, it's not the same. Even though we tried to level up here, still not the same as like, you know, shaking hands and seeing somebody in person. So unfortunately, that's
1: changed. But, you know, you just adapt. Yeah. You know, so funny. I'm I'm laughing to myself because I'm thinking about how I was in a situation with me and the AE as we were like pitching this uh, product to this client. And he, he's like, hey, I don't live too far from you. I could always stop by. She's like, do you have yeah. to? For an on-site?" right? Like, do you have to? <laughs> and I remember <laughs> him say that. Like, can we just do a Zoom? And yeah, it's just so funny how the world has changed. It's just you know? so much easier, yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, even though uh, even though it's so funny I'm talking about that story, I'm, I'm relatively new to the, the world of tech sales. I worked in the tech uh-huh. company in customer service years ago. And then I I did solar sales prior to getting into tech sales. So I'm, I'm, I consider myself a baby in this industry. So there's a lot for me to learn. Uh, I don't want to ever think I have ever arrived, but what are the things that people, because people are, again, these are a lot of people that I'm watching the decision makers they are trying to figure out what to do. And you have a rare position of being in both the sales side, right? The traditional tech sales side, Mm -hmm. and then being a, a, what I consider a consultant for the company, being an SE. Yeah. You said earlier that you had to make that choice. And I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily talking about a specific compensation figure, but one mm-hmm. of the reasons why I was like, tech sales is for me, is because mm-hmm. I had a background in sales. Yep. And I've also seen people that made quite a good amount of money yeah. on, and as a, in the AE position and on this yeah. side of the sales thing. Can you talk about the pros and the cons for those that are trying to figure out? Mm-hmm. Like on on the on the traditional tech sales side, SDR, BDR, AE. Yeah. If you and then on the s- sales engineer side. Okay. So, based on what my knowledge is, and this is just
0: based on the experiences of the big companies I've worked for. Um. So I know if you're at a startup, that could be different. Titles might sound the same. Compensation could be different. But what I've noticed is that, um, the AES that are the top AES, could out perform or outcompensate, you know, the pre-sales person. Um, mm. uh, but the SDR, I don't think was making as much as the pre-sales person. Yeah. Uh, so if we're kind of putting tears to that, so, if, you know, if that was your question, um, but what I found is that a top pre-sales person at a company that has a lot of pre-sales people. So again, not a small company, mm-hmm. um, you know, could actually do quite well. Right. And when I say quite well, we I don't mind mentioning a number, but sure. you know, you can start to hit 200k. Like that's mm. total comp, right? So 200k yeah. is, is a pretty good number to be at, and we're talking, you know, a bonus that goes on top of a salary. So a good salary, mm. and then a bonus on top versus commissions. This is why in sales, you're kind of not scared to talk numbers. Numbers are just what you do in sales. Yeah. Um, that <laughs> you could be looking at 400, right? 500 and up. But yeah. I think, you're, but I always think of it as not so steady, right? Your commissions yeah. now. So your commissions can be, you know, good one quarter down another quarter. So like your year might not necessarily um, like if you, if you don't make your number, you know, you're, you're not going to be hitting those, those higher figures. So yeah. I think that's the thing about sales is that it's not as steady where in pre-sales your, your income's pretty steady. So it's not skyrocketed, but it's not, you know what I mean? It's like a perfect balance of. Yeah. It's pretty good if you're hovering in it. Now, 200K is not where you're going to make straight out the gate. You, you know, you got to be working at this a while and, you know, be in an organization that's willing to kind of do that. But 100K is not far off with with total comp. So that's where that six-figure number comes in. And that feels like a magic number. The government likes to take a lot of it. But, but it's a good feeling to kind of hit, I feel, um, that number that gives you a little bit more kind of choices. So to me, it's not about like, you know, you're just showing off all these things you can buy. To me, like I said, I had four kids. I needed to have more income to like put them through school and, you know, all the yeah. things like that. So whatever you do with your money. So, but to me, I think once I reached, I kind of broke out the, um, below six figure thing. Like soon as I hit pre-sales, I did that the first year that I was in pre-sales and I never looked back. And so I've seen friends that are not in sales looking at me and going, how are you doing that? <laughs> like, like, and I think it's, I, I told them it's sales, right? Like, you kind of got to get into the sales world, and then that becomes that possibility. Because most, yeah. most, most likely, if you're not in sales at an organization and you're or you're not in senior leadership, you're probably not going to be hitting the six figure mark. So that's mm-hmm. why you kind of need to consider the fact if you were going to get into tech sales, that's that's what the doors start to open up for you.
1: There, Thank you so much for watching this video. This video is actually sponsored by Course Careers. So whether you're interested in breaking in as a tech sales representative, if you're interested in actually doing IT or digital marketing, not only do they have free introductory courses for you right now, go to the description and check that out, but they also have $50 off that you could get. For, through me, Joseph50. That's right, $50 off through Joseph50. So if you're interested in getting into that course, any which one, whether it's, again, tech sales, IT, or digital marketing, look no further. Go down to the description below, click on the link, and sign up right now. What are you waiting for? Yeah, very well said. And as a father, my wife and I, we have six children together. Nice. Uh, so, <laughs> So Love as a father, in a similar position to you, yeah. I definitely am looking at... All of the above. Uh, And speaking of of all the above, when it comes to evaluating companies, like I I, I, I could feel like I could talk this way to you because you have a wealth of experience. Like you mentioned, you started in the 90s. uh, When evaluating a company in the SaaS space, what are the key things that you would look for that you suggest other people look for as well?
0: Hmm. So you got really specific in this SaaS and anybody that knows the acronym, software as a service, right? Sometimes yeah. I think of that as cloud, which is pretty mm-hmm. much what everything is nowadays. Um, I would want to say that you want to look for a track record. Because if I was to list the name of companies, everyone I work for had at least, like the one I'm with right now has been around 50 years, right? So that's a long track record. The one before that, though, wasn't as long. It was maybe about 10 or 20 years. So no startups. But what's crazy is there's a lot of startups. And what I think, this is what I think. If you're going to break into tech, I feel you might be better off or have a better chance of being part of one of the the last you know, five years, like you know, companies that started in the last five years. So they're not exactly a startup, but they've got about five years under their belt. They've got a product that you can sell. So it's one thing that does evaluate the company. So the company's stability and all of that's good. So you're not kind of wondering if they're going to be around. But I feel like, you kind of need to focus on the product. Now, this is just my opinion here, right? Yeah. I, as, as we said at the beginning, I came in HR. So, HR was my industry. So, no surprise, every company I've worked for has been in the HR industry. In fact, they're all competitors with each other. And because mm. of that, my compensation got to go up because you were fighting for my talent, right? There's not a lot yeah. of me around. So, I go, yep, I'll go to the competition and that competition will, you know, compensate me. So, it's kind of good to have a niche in the industry uh because Mm. that's a product that i understood and to me you much better at um selling because that's kind of what you're doing as a pre-sales person is not just showing here's how the software works is a full understanding so like i was an hr person that used hr software and that's what i sell that's all Mm. i sell hr so should i go sell cloud computing now (laughs) <laughs> maybe but i you know i'm kind of not that person so what comes through for me is like i know the products so good companies know the industry that i'm in and then i kind of created my pathway in that industry there's only so, so many more companies i can go work for within the industry and i'm not trying to leave i'm just saying that i think when you have a um you know like if you're a basketball player that's your like you're an athlete but you play basketball Unless yeah. you're DeHaan Sanders or some of these other kind of, you know, multi-sport <laughs> guys, you're, you're pretty much going to stay within your thing. Like Michael yeah. Jordan should not want to go play baseball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's yeah. a basketball player. So kind of find your lane, drive it, uh, because I feel that that's where the money gets made because you get really good at it. And, you mm. you know, so I don't know if that was a long-winded answer to say kind of find the product, find the company, find the industry, um, and don't be scared to, maybe try out a startup because if you're starting up as a new pre-sales person, you may not get into those pre-established companies. You may have to kind of start with uh, companies that need uh, need junior
1: people. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, transferable skills, like you said, like if you came from an HR background, they value that experience. And so I've known people that have really kind of excelled coming out the gate whether whether through a tech boot camp or through their own self education being able to use that transferable skills to really kind of put themselves in a position to win so I think that's well very well said uh, right there and so with speaking about learning going mm-hmm. into now learn full wow well, good transition yeah I, hey I, I try my best <laughs> uh, so uh, speaking about learn full how did you connect with Nigel like that's a pretty oh, cool connection man. how do you connect with him
0: that's so cool so it's again a bit of a networking thing so the previous company I was at I was doing some hiring and uh, had some really sharp guy reach out to me so he yeah. reached out to me and I couldn't fit him into my organization I could just tell he was so sharp and he didn't do pre-sales yet but he did he did a, a boot camp right um, I'm not gonna drop that name but he did a boot camp and he just had the brain I'm like okay but I couldn't get that he didn't have the HR background. He just couldn't get him into there. So um, he stayed in touch with me. Like he checked in again with me. He—he's the one that mentioned, uh, "We're looking for some mentors. We're trying to do this learnful thing." I don't even think they had a name for it yet. He just kind of described it. I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah, I figured you would be, you know, for this just because of my passion for this industry." Yeah. Um, and so he introduced me to Nigel. And then Nigel and I had a chat, and it was just like same, similar to what we're having here, just hey, how'd you get into pre-sales? And he told me his story and we're like, wow, okay. He's like, you know, are you willing to do this thing? I go, yeah, let's try it out. And honestly, it's been amazing because we've been doing this almost a year now. I remember it was about November last year that I had that first conversation. And uh, it's it's such a rewarding feeling to kind of have, be helpful for people that want to do the same thing that we do.
1: No, yeah. I love Nigel's uh, passion for helping people. There's so many... Uh, people that I know of that he was able to teach and mentor yeah. uh, for, for for some years now, not even just like recently, uh, even right. before Learnful that, that yeah. sing his praises. <laughs> <They're Right>. like... <laughs> that's what I
0: started to realize. And I look yeah. through and I go, wow, that's right. He does have quite a following, you know, in a sense of the, um, you know, his background and, you know, so it's a logical move. and And he's, I think, so brave to, um, kind of put yourself out there and make something happen. You know, it's one thing to go, hey, we work for a company and, you know, but then to go kind of venture out on your own and, and create this, and what he's put together and the team I think he's put together, you know, yeah. you know, present company as well, uh, feeling like we we have something special at, at Learnful. Yeah.
1: I, and I think you do. Um, one of the things I wanted to kind of highlight here is that everybody, and I, this is something that Man, Manny says in his, or I'll call him Manny. manual, because they might know who Manny is. But (laughs) what Emmanuel said in his interview was that everybody has like a role. It's almost as if, and and he's talking about the tech industry. And I feel Mm -hmm. the same way about Learnful. Everybody Mm -hmm. has a role. And one thing I wanted just to highlight for people that don't know about Learnful, and go ahead, check out the interview with Nigel, check out the interview with Emmanuel and with Manny and and everybody that's a part of the team here. Because one of the things that I really do like is not only how selective it is, but there's an accountability effort there as well and Mm -hmm. i see that you're a mentor with learnful and Mm -hmm. so i spoke with a graduate and he basically said yeah like i finished a course i'm being very strategic about how how i go forth which is what you want to hear from a learnful graduate that you're strategic about how you move but then he also mentioned like his mentor reached out to him and said hey what are you doing like have you applied Uh, jobs like and that accountability is such a such a very important component to what you do. Can you talk a little bit more about your role as a mentor and how you approach it when it comes to the students there?
0: Sure, sure. Absolutely. So I think we've had about three cohorts now. We're going to the fourth cohort and the um, chance to have conversations uh, about like where they're at. So that feeling, I think at first, the first couple of conversations just to get to know them, you know, different Mm. backgrounds, different locations where they're coming from. And so to me, it's always about connecting with, just like I would with a customer. I always like to connect with people. So getting to understand that and then learning what they're learning in class and helping them with roadblocks they may have, you know, questions. So I remember one student, I think he was, early 20s he kept on just being so concerned about being so young and you know he had a ton of questions and he was so curious i'm like you have the right stuff right like you have the components of your curiosity you're trying to figure things out you know he did a bunch of other certifications like google certification i remember him having and he was in the medical field so he kind of already had the um kind of research brain and analytical brain and tech brain, like you got all the pieces. So what's always fulfilling is to hear kind of the students, you know, raw material. Like, what are you coming to this boot camp with? What brought you here? Hear their passion for wanting to kind of move forward um, with their career and be a little bit scared. Uh, Quite frankly, being a little bit scared. So I Mm. know that I guess what I appreciate is I'm not there to teach them content necessarily and say, hey, let's go through this content like as an instructor. I'm more there to help them with their mindset Help them with kind of like how they feel about themselves. Kind of tell them what a day in the life is like. So the stuff I can talk all day about, like what's it like? What's it like? <laughs> Answer questions. So I love the feeling of being like a coach. I know we, we use the word mentor and kind of mentor coach, kind of interchangeable. Yeah. Because I'm trying to help the person, right? Mm-hmm. And the knowledge we, we put them we put that in there because we got the training, uh, the instruction. But I want to help them, with, like I said, with the mindset part. Um, and then yeah, with the resumes and they're looking for jobs and. So even when they're done at Learnful, uh, we'll say graduated. Uh, We don't cut them off, right? There's a mentor. I'm not meeting with them weekly anymore, but they can check in with me. I will check in with them. I'll review their resume. So what that does for me is it just gives you that rewarding feeling like you're making a difference in somebody's life. At the end of the day, that can really make you emotional because to me, like what we're here for isn't just to collect a paycheck and stuff. I think it's to make, make an impact while we're here. And
1: being a mentor absolutely fulfills me that way. And I like that because a lot of people are looking for that. They're looking for people that have experience, that could really mentor them and guide them through yeah. this journey, through this maze of tech. It's funny, once you get in, you're in. But to yeah. get, there, <laughs> get there, it could be a little bit like, wait a second, where yeah, am I? To get there. Yeah. It's, it's 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 tough, it's challenging. Now let's talk about the mentor-mentee relationship because I think that that's sometimes. People may not really understand the dynamic there. Can Mm. you talk to what it is that how a mentor, a potential mentee should approach somebody that they're looking to have as a mentor and Mm. the, the, the responsibility that each person has in that relationship?
0: Oh, wow. So that's a good point because I've had mentors informally, we'll say, throughout my career. I mentioned it. You know, I didn't drop any names, but I mentioned my transition was literally because of what I would consider mentors. Um, yeah, and so I think there's a aspect of being a mentee. So the person that needs the information, finding somebody that's already doing the thing that they're doing, and and so and like I said, in one of the examples, one of my mentees, and actually a lot of them were very curious. So it's sort of that you know soak up information, but not just ask a bunch of questions. Also mm-hmm. take the feedback and make changes. So mm. I that also in my mentees, right, where I gave them some feedback from, let's say, their presentation. And then the next presentation they do, I see the changes that they've made. Like, wow, like yeah. you've implemented those changes. So it's being coachable is taking the information and actually doing the thing and then being respectful, really, to be honest, being respectful of your mentors time because they're making time um, for you. Uh, so, you know, if you schedule time together, you know, if you have to cancel, it happens, you know, giving a heads up about that. Um, but I think the mentor appreciates and wants to continue when they feel the student is making some progress. Right. So yeah. that's, that, that's the whole thing. Uh, so that relationship um, sometimes happens uh, outside of a class, like we have at learnful uh, where it's almost happens naturally. Like I think of some of the people that have mentored me, it's like I can just literally see them in action. So just like I told you, my friend there that was at one of my companies, I was there in the room with him, seeing him in action. And then I had to open my mouth and go, How do you do that? <laughs> <So> <laughs> what you kind of have to do like, if you see something of interest and you're like, Hmm, that might be of interest, open your mouth and say, Can I? Because that person could be like just as willing to go. I didn't go, Hey, can you be my mentor? That's not what I said. I kind of just yeah. asked some questions and it naturally kind of started to happen that that person was giving me more information. And so I feel that that could be um, the relationship that you're going to develop with somebody that can become your mentor. It it just could
1: happen almost organically. Yeah, it really can. And and that's how I develop a relationship with a friend of mine uh, at my current job. He's an AE. And I just reached out to him. I said, hey, look, yeah. I, I just want to learn more about this. And he was so gracious. I mean, like. First day, I had like sticky notes upon sticky notes of notes, uh, virtual sticky notes, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but nonetheless, I com- compiled a great uh, war chest, in my opinion, for when I had to yeah. do handling to and all the different things. So, seeking those relationships and really trying your best to uh, be a resource, also, like there's things that I was able to share with him, and he was like, Oh, that's that's great, I didn't know that. And so, uh-huh. you have to, as a mentee, I, like I believe, you have to mm-hmm. find, yeah, you have to find those gaps. Where yes. you actually have experience or where you might have some knowledge that you could pass on to your mentor like and a that. way of, of just having a mutually beneficial relationship. I so I'm so not- glad
0: you said that. I am I'm, yeah. I was going to say that, too, and you just triggered me to think about that, that it's not a one-way street. It's a two-way yeah. street, right? So it starts off with, here, I've got some knowledge to share with you. But along the way, the things that, you know, uh, you're hearing from your from the mentee. It's a two way street. And in fact, that's what to me, networking is mentor, mentee or even networking is not just showing up and having your hand out. Go give me something. It's more like, (laughs) well, can I also give you something?
1: Right. So it's a a
0: give and take
1: um, relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I think that that's how that's how it really works, in my opinion, that give and take right there. Uh, I I wanted to talk about something because I think when it comes to tech boot camps, I'm going to be transparent. Mm-hmm. People that people want to get into it to get a job right away. You know, yeah. they may be going through a dire situation financially, whatever the case may be. I know when I was going through a tech boot camp, our sixth child was going to be due, so Money. I was on the time clock. I literally uh, was on a time the clock. <laughs> yeah. So, what could you say? Because I had a great conversation with Manny, and he said, "Learnful is not our job to get you a job. It's your job to get you a job. We That's give right. you tools that you need to get there." That's right. For that person that wants to rush the process, what would you tell them to kind of be able to not be anxious, but be able to really just kind of enjoy the process and learning so that they could be ready to actually perform when they get out into the marketplace?
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. I think we all are part of like we're so used to having microwaves and our food is ready and warm in a minute or less, you know. Uh, But in the job market and especially a job like this, you kind of have to think about it. I saw something today that kind of made me think about this. You can picture a pyramid, right? So the shape of a pyramid, the higher up you go, the less jobs there are. The more skills are, Mm -hmm. are, you know, kind of there. But you're not at the bottom of the pyramid, which is like entry level where like, you know, you're just maybe a laborer, right? There's lots of jobs like that. And you're not maybe not you're competing with a lot of people, but there's lots of jobs. So the further up you go, the less chances of getting in. So even though, so now we're talking tech, we're talking a little higher salary, we're talking, so what that means is it does like your learnful or any learning that you take is just one of the pieces to that puzzle. You have to keep working on yourself, not just your resume and they're going to hire you, but part of the process, it's like, you know, you probably hear this a lot, trust the process. Well, part of the process of applying and applying and applying is hearing the no, not just hearing the no but finding out what that process is like. If you got a little bit further down the line, how how more comfortable are you with talking about yourself? How are you able to kind of basically position yourself? So yes, there's some patience, but I think if you can kind of put the picture in perspective of almost like the target you're trying to hit is not a big target. Like it's much smaller target. So it's going to take a little bit more um, tries. It's going to take a little bit more strategicness, like not just being... um, you know, one-sided, like oh, I got my training now. I'm going to get a job. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is networking, right? It is a bit of—I want to call it numbers game, but you have to do enough in order for it to show up for you, because mm. it, it's not going to just show up like here on a silver platter. And you know, you got it. It's going to take some effort. Um, and so I think I think part of it is just like you're a student at anything. once you become a student at something and you really, really want that thing, you will try all the different avenues. So besides the learning that you take, the networking that you take, it's the, um, you know, yeah, maybe you're following some podcasts, maybe you're reading some books, you become a real student of it. Then that way, when you have conversations with hiring managers, it's like Emmanuel. He was a student of it. I could hear it in him. And yeah, even though he didn't go with my company, he eventually did get at a company. So it was just a matter of time, right? So he was already there. Like he had the, kind of the mindset, and then the right company will show up. So I don't know if the company's is just going to hire you because you want it. Yeah, You're going to have to become that. And you gradually become that because of the exposure that you have, the networking that you've done, the people that you kind of hang out with. And I think I've told my students that too. Like, The more you hang out with people that are not in this kind of field, the less you're going to actually know about it, right? So Yay. your regular folks that you hang out with don't know that stuff. So you've mm-hmm. got to like fill your brain with podcasts, books and like materials in the field you want to go in. And so, Sweet. yeah, if you kind of yeah. immerse yourself and it's sort of like, it's sort of like when uh, you season some food, right? <laughs> that food's so much better because you've let the seasoning sink in and then there you go. You serve it up. So you can't just be like, mm. Hey, fresh and like, Hey, let's go. It takes time to kind of, you know, season yourself. And, and that and that's when when somebody has a conversation with you and they're ready to hire you it's because they saw something in you, you've you kind of developed yourself. So that takes time. Yeah. Seasoning doesn't happen just like that. Good seasoning takes time. Yeah, this is a
1: profession. This Absolutely. is a profession. I think a lot of times, especially and I, I'm a part of this movement. I was a part of the people that uh, saw about how to break an attack and I and I got into it. Uh, yeah. But but make no mistakes, y'all. This is a profession.
0: When Absolutely. you see
1: chefs, they cultivate their skill. Some musicians yeah. that are the best of the best, they cultivate Absolutely. their skill. Absolutely, work on your craft. So you gotta, so we gotta work on our craft. This is this, this is definitely inspiring for me. This is encouraging really? to me. This is challenging me personally. Yeah, uh, I had a conversation with we talked about him all night. Manny. Yeah, said the same thing. He was yeah. saying like, you really have to learn this, and if there's any gaps. Oh, this is what he said that I thought was brilliant. He's like, hmm. "You're a business. I'm gonna say yep. me incorporated, right? Yeah. But your skills are your departments, and mm. you have to make sure that your departments are running top notch, so that when you go to another company and you show them your company, me Inc., yeah. they can look and they see, oh man, all your departments, yeah, they're running, they're running good. We want, we, we want, we want you. We I want like you.
0: that. I like that. And you know what's so good about that is because you're not there to just be like." Um, company please take care of me you're more like Mm -hmm. i got services and my services are valuable and Mm -hmm. so when you show up like that because that's really what the company's trying to evaluate is like are you going to help us make money (laughs) and so if you show up with you know your departments in order and you're kind of operating like a business like the way you operated i i know that any company that um keep somebody around it's because they're constantly making money for them (laughs) so so, yeah that's why you gotta that's why you gotta be sharp but i i guess it's kind of hard to know what those departments are i'd like to know what what he was thinking of is it discovery your ability to do demos is it your you know probably all the skill sets that go into being a solution engineer yeah
1: Yeah, and i'm going to even take it uh back a little bit and talk about me as a sales professional being an sdr so for me i think what my departments would be like okay how is your listening skills is that is that up to par okay what questions are you asking during your discovery portions of it how are you providing enough value in your initial cold call so that they actually book an appointment with you and like like all those different things even the skills of like can you spell check properly can you like yeah, like all those different things that companies look at now through the interview process because these processes are robust you know so true. So uh, true. these processes are like maybe going through four four rounds of interviews you know very um,
0: true it is multiple <laughs> rounds it's not just one yeah
1: yeah and everything's getting evaluated everything you very know very true um, it it can and will be assessed as a uh, 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 Bobby, the, the Bobby, the recruiter, Bobby, the builder says <laughs> and it can't yeah. be taken for questioning. Right. Absolutely. So, 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 so yeah. So I think that if you look at your skills department, you're like, okay, I got to make sure that my, 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 my cold calling department is running well, or I got to make sure yeah. that my discovery department is running well, to those questions. Yeah. yeah. even My, my, my time management department, how's that running? Well, mm-hmm. like all these skills have to be refined. And I think that that's what takes it to the next level. We're about to wrap it up here in the Mm -hmm. the conversation. And I want to say thank you so much for being so gracious, Kirk. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I definitely appreciate it. I wanted to ask you this question that came to mind as we're talking. Yep. Again, for people that are looking from the outside in, what can you say is the future of your particular industry, this role here? Mm -hmm. Because pre-sales is so big. It it has so many different names.
0: Yeah, it has a lot of names
1: what do you with especially with i don't know if you could talk about this so please mm-hmm. forgive me if this is a little bit out of your wheelhouse but what, especially yeah. with the emergence emergence of ai and uh, all these right. things that we have going what yeah. do you think is the future of the pre-sales industry
0: yeah i actually was gonna include that i don't know how i could exclude that that'd be <laughs> like um it's 1993 and you don't have an email address yet well everybody's getting one or a website like mm. what do you mean you don't have a what's www dot? Well, once you know what it is, <laughs> you can't go back, right? Like, yeah you know, what's dot com Like, okay. So that's kind of what we're in right now is, is another era of uh, artificial intelligence, as we know, and where it fits in, I think for the pre-sales people, I think of it, how, what I've used it for right now. I don't know oh. what the future in the sense of like how much more, but I could just imagine I could just build on it. Right. So one of the things <laughs> I do is to help me with um brainstorming for presentation ideas right so i have a a presentation i need to make but i want to make it with some analogies i like analogies so i think i'm pretty good at it but i can ask and say this is what i'm presenting this is the problem i'm trying to solve can you give me an analogy to point that out and it does that it could literally write my presentation if i wanted to i could tell it the product and i could say hey make the make the powerpoint and you know all of that but um also As part of the probably the less sexy part of pre-sales, but it's definitely there, I think at every company, you have to answer a bunch of questions from the company that's looking for your product. So they call it a request for proposal, request for information, but it essentially can be a list of hundreds of questions. And I just did it today where I like I'm using the chat bot to help me, or basically our AI to help answer the questions that that these people are asking. And it formats the words for me. So I feel that. I'm going to use the tools. So whether it's AI or anything to accomplish um, the job, but I also know because of this post pandemic stuff we talked about, it is going to be a lot more like, can you talk to a camera like I've been doing for the last little bit? Can you be adaptable to people's timing? All right. Like your ability to perform because it's, it's a bit of a performance type job it has to be able to adapt. Um, but it's hard to say, you know, out, outside of the factors that I've seen, so post-pandemic stuff, AI uh, changing. Um, I kind of don't want to believe that AI is going to take it away, right? So maybe yeah. I don't, I don't want to just believe that uh, you're just going to be looking at a talking head and it got really good at at being able to be um, an avatar that's not so robotic, and you know, <laughs> so that that would replace that human connection. If that's the case, then maybe our our Uh, titles and the things, the way we do things now might change, right? So Mm -hmm. I've heard people use the word like prompt engineer. So maybe if you're not the one that's um, doing the presentations, but you're the one facilitating other things. So I feel that our skills are so transferable, all right? The ability to do what we do uh, can become valuable in another way. So I would rather let, you know, AI take over the mundane stuff like answering hundreds of questions and let me still make relationships with people. I don't think AI makes relationships. I don't think you can replace that. So um, I'm not sure if I answered that question, but I think those are the components of, of the future of pre-sales. And yeah. it's, it's exciting to be part of tech in general because it's
1: constantly evolving. Yeah. I think we'll be the ones using the machine versus the machine kind of replacing us, using yeah. it as tools, you know? Tool. And I to- so I totally agree with you. And I, when you were yeah. saying that, I'm thinking about how we had My wife made an order for pizza one time. restaurant nearby our house and it was an ai that answered the phone wow and it was she keep in mind we she had a freak out moment because the ai said would that be all joanne and she was speaking she was using my phone to speak to the ai yeah, so so she was wow. like, "Wait a second, how, you how did you know this me?" And she like, we're laughing. I'm laughing in the car, and she's like, oh, "This is crazy. I don't I don't feel comfortable anymore." <laughs> but, uh, well, so I've
0: there- I've seen those examples where like Google is booking a, a an appointment for you or something, right? Like, yeah. and I've actually got Spotify helping me now. Spotify has a DJ that says, "Hey, good evening, Kirk. You know, this is what I got I got up for you today." Like as opposed to me just listening to my same. Uh, playlist all the time. The AI DJ is trying to go, hey, you might like this because of this that you like and he says my name. So yeah, it does feel kind of funny (laughs) when uh, AI refers to you by first name. (laughs) My wife said, what?
1: (laughs) She literally said, what? She's like, I'm on your phone, Joseph. How does it know it's me? I was like, hey, I'm just laughing here, driving. (laughs) We'll enjoy the pizza. But it's going to be part of our lives. We can't escape it. We just have to learn to get ahead of it so that we can be in positions where our departments are set up, our skills are high, We're, yeah. you know, we're me, ink so that we are using the tools versus these tools replacing the mundane tasks that we have. And so with that being said, you might question whether or not technology or being in tech is a good place for you audience members. I would, I would attest that it's a, it's, this is the time to really try to make that transition if you're really, really mm-hmm. interested in being in this industry. Um, I, I assume, Kirk, you agree with that. <laughs>
0: I definitely agree with that. I know the um, ups and downs of the industry are, are evident. You can read in the newspaper or see online about it. But I feel that the um, the future of tech is bright. All right. Like I don't see how you can have an industry that changes and evolves so much, have it kind of go the, you know, like this extinct or something like that like you know we don't need that anymore <laughs> you don't want to be a part of something like like no we don't need that anymore yeah. so tech is always going to be something we need and so where you fit in that industry i think it's going to be um rewarding
1: yeah yeah totally agree with that and kirk i want to just thank you so much for just, just taking the time to speak with us today on yeah. tech niche tips uh, for those that are interested i'm going to put his linkedin below and if you want to connect with kirk Please connect. Is that OK to connect with you? Absolutely. absolutely. Reach out. Yeah, well, reach out to him. He's a, he's a mentor with Full. He's a resource. He's been in this industry. And when I mean industry, I'm talking about HR. I'm talking about the tech industry, even in the sales industry for quite some time. So definitely look to again, if you're looking for a mentor, mentee relationship, make sure you bring the value there. Working the skills, your different departments that you have, and let us do this thing together. Let's break into tech. Let's get to where you need to be—not where necessarily you think might be a cool thing, but like Kirk said, he found his place. Let him, Learnful, and others—even if you want to choose course careers—I I, I definitely recommend them. That's how I got to tech. But whatever way you feel like is the best for you, come on, let's let's do it together, y'all. But oh, that being said, family, like I always say, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, I hope to see you on the other side. Take care, family. All right. Take care. Bye bye.